Hello out there, kitties. Welcome to another episode of the understimulated yet overly contemplated raw background noise where I give you 90% of blatant truth and about 10% of fabrication and leave it to you to figure out which one is which. So how was your day today? Find anything that triggers any thoughts or any memories of the past? Had something like that happen to me today. Just getting ready for work. I was in the shower, you know, doing my usual music thing, and Soul Asylum's uh, Runaway Train came on. Now, that song came out in the 1990s. I think I was about 15, 16 years old whenever that song came out. Little did I know that song would be, well, it would have a little bit more meaning in my life. I remember I was 17 years old. I was stupid. I'd hooked up with some friends. And uh, we were going to get an apartment, man. I had a part-time job, you know. I was going to supply this much of the rent. They were going to supply this much of the rent. We were stupid, I, you know. And I had just gotten into a fight thing, and I got all my shit, and I got out, and I packed it all up in this apartment, man. It was my TV. It was all of my artwork, all of my clothes, everything I fucking had. And, uh, yeah. We fucked off on the rent. Didn't, not everybody came up with their share. I found out my roommates were, um, well, they, they were allowing uh, underage runaways to hang out and hide inside the house, man. It, it wasn't a good thing. And, and, okay, so this is how I found out about this. Okay, hear me out. So I'm at this party. I'm at a friend's party, right? <clears throat> and uh, it's his little sister celebrating her birthday. Now, my friend and myself, we're both 18 or over. His sister is 16 years old, mind you. And uh, so me and my friend, we're, we're enjoying ourselves. We're in the back room because he's got a couple of his friends over. And, and we're doing the usual thing during the time frame you know we're partaking and, and enjoying a little flower and uh yeah I, I come out front to go get something to drink out of the kitchen and happen to find a police officer standing on the back patio scared to piss out of me so I happen to speak with the police officer, and he says, are you the one that's in charge here? I'm like, no, sir, this is my friend's house, man. He goes, well, can you get your friend for me? Now, my friend comes out from the back around that time that he says, can you go get your friend for me? And my friend happened to be wearing a solid black shirt with 
a marijuana leaf patch sewn onto the front of it, and he happens to have a roach clip clipped onto this leaf. Now, of course, I wasn't completely fucking gone, so I was aware of the fragrance that we were fucking perfuming across this entire fucking area. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, you could smell this shit from a mile away. I mean, this is back in the day whenever, you know, Mexican red hair and skunk was just regular partake. Now, it's nothing like the flower that they have today, man. They've learned so much about fucking hydroponics and everything else and the breeding of the different types of the plants. And it is so fucking insane. I, I couldn't even begin to fathom where it all fucking starts, man. Anytime I even try to talk about it, I sound like a retarded version of fucking David Franco off of Pineapple Express trying to explain how the plants mate and fuck each other. That being said, so we're talking to the police officers and apparently the police officers were called because of a disturbance. You see, my friend's 16 year old little sister was also a high school cheerleader and she had her cheerleader friends over for the party and they were being loud running around in the front yard playing in the sprinkler in their bra and panties at two o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah. So, I had a mild heart attack at 18 years old. Needless to say, the police officer was asking me my information. I was giving him my address, and he's like, you live where? He's like, look, man, I'm going to let you know right now. You need to get the hell out of that apartment. Break that lease. Do what you got to do, but get out of there. And I was 17. I didn't know shit about breaking a lease. Thankfully, next thing you know, we got evicted. Mind you, I lost everything I had. Every fucking thing. Unfortunately, the one thing I didn't lose was the pride. So I dipped. Didn't ask for help. Never called any family. I was... Sorry, forgive me. Was it 18? I was 17. Sorry. Um, my friend was 18, though. And, um, yeah. It was crazy. I was, I was out there. For good five, six months, I had one friend of mine. I could stay like maybe one or two nights with him. I got lucky. I found this abandoned house. <clears throat> I had a mattress in there that was already left. So, you know, I can just wipe the slugs out of the way on the rainy days. And I can sleep on that. I had a jacket. Now, as far as food goes, man, Albertsons, it really was your store. You could walk in and walk out with just about anything at that time frame. And this is back before they started locking up the cigarettes. I was one of those bastard little shitheads, part of the reason why the cigarettes started getting locked up in the first fucking place. I didn't get a carton every two weeks. 
It's like clockwork. Occasionally, you'll collect a couple of clothes, find some places to store them. You got friends that's going to hold things for you here and there, but they can't hold you because, you know, they still live with their parents and everything. So there's only so much they can do. I found my way over to Marshall, Texas. I ended up hooking up with some fucking carnival, man. Jesus Christ. I was actually a fucking carny. Can you believe that shit? I was the jagoff that was talking at 100 miles an hour trying to get you to plop the balloons with three darts for a dollar, man. It was a shit gig. They charge you for the uniforms, which was a shirt and a hat you were required to wear. They charge you for all the food. And then your take is only 10% commission of whatever you take. And you're selling it a dollar a fucking shot. I could talk, man, but I couldn't talk that good, not that young. Eventually I broke. Made a collect call to my mom. She yelled at me for not asking for sooner. Found out my grandma died. There was a funeral. I missed it. She was a grandma on my dad's side. It was Granny. Granny was fucking awesome, man. I remember... Uh, anytime we pulled up to Granny's house, I see Gran- Granny was funny, you know, <clears throat> because th- this was my dad's side of the family. And... uh they all lived in backwoods, Louisiana, a little town called Hoston, H-O-S-S-T-O-N, Hoston, right next to Vivian. <clears throat> and if you ever watched Duck Dynasty, <clears throat> Uncle Sai, he, uh, he's from Vivian, Louisiana. He actually graduated the same year my dad was supposed to. Now, they might have been in the same class together at some point in time. I have no fucking clue. But my dad has no idea who the fuck Uncle Sai is or what Duck Dynasty is. He doesn't watch that TV. He don't know shit. And at this point in time in his life and at this age that he is, even if he did see Uncle Sai, it might be a false memory. But yeah... All of his family, they all lived close by over there. Little towns not too far away. Ada, Vivian, Plain Dillon. <clears throat> you can tell it's backwoods Louisiana with the names of the towns. But yeah, anytime me my family were coming to visit because we lived in Texas and we lived far away. Oh, Granny would cook a feast. Oh, my God. And every single one of those veggies came from Grandpa's garden. That son of a bitch. I swear to Christ, man. He could grow just about anything you fucking wanted to. If it grew in the ground, that son of a bitch could grow it. And he was a, a carpenter and, and, a, and then a roughneck by trade. He ended up working in the oil rigs. 
Hell, he even had a little bit. He had an old hump that was on his land that he would get uh, he'd get money for every year. He got a royalty check for that shit. And uh, it wasn't much towards the end. I mean, they didn't really get much of anything off of it. But yeah, he still got a small check for it every now and then. She would cook fried chicken, roasted ham, collard greens, white potatoes, mashed potatoes, black eyed peas, cornbread, macaroni and cheese, fresh cut green onions, fresh sliced white onion. Uh... Jesus Christ, what else did she make? Cornbread. Uh, no, my Aunt Irish, she would cook some of that stuff too. But my grandma's fried chicken, nobody touched my grandma's fried chicken. And then she had, she had this uh, coconut white cake. Oh my God. My mom had the recipe and followed the recipe step by step and still never matched what my granny did. Of course, they always say grannies do it with love, but I don't know, man. I don't know. And then the man, she would cook some pot, uh, pecan pot because granny had pecan trees in there. Now, whenever we pull in, we get there about somewhere between 10 o'clock, maybe 10.30. We'd leave early in the morning, grab a bite to eat at McDonald's or something at the drive-thru or the gas station or something, and we'd just be on our way. And whenever we pull in, me and my brother, man, we, we didn't talk to no family. We didn't talk to no cousins or nothing. We just beeline straight to the freaking garden and we started smashing those dewberries and just shoving them in our face and then we came back into the house with purple fingers and purple faces and granny would give us leftover crispy fucking bacon that was sitting on the stove just waiting for us that she cooked extra just because we were coming now because granny knew that she was going to cook a feast and all the family knew that granny was going to cook a feast. All the family decided they're going to come and visit. Whenever granny would cook and me and dad and mom would come and visit and it didn't even have to be fucking holidays, man. It could just be a regular fucking visit. Hey, we're going to go see granny Herring this week. You know, now granny she, she, I think she did the feast just because of the fact she knew it brought all the family together. She knew it gave them a reason for all of them to sit down. Now, my grandpa, grandpa, he, he, he had this back patio because he built this fucking house that they're living in, right? And he built on this back patio and it was a screened in back patio and that's where he sat and he he watched his TV. You don't ever sit next to that man when he's watching his wrestling because that son of a bitch will beat the hell out of you. And don't sit next to him when the Saints are losing either. I think my and Ira was probably worse than him, but yeah, it was it was pretty bad in that house sometimes. 
But everybody would sit at the family table. They would open up the table and extend it out. You know, it was one of those old-fashioned tables, you know, one of those tables from the 1930s when they still make quality fucking tables that lasted for years. And they would extend it out, and everybody would sit and eat at the table. See, I never really went to family reunions growing up. We never had family reunions. We had holidays. And I didn't really have distant cousins. I don't know shit about distant cousins or anything like that. Now my dad's got some illegitimate kids. I've met one or two of those fuckers. But as far as like, I don't, I mean, I've got a few cousins. And I guess because, I don't know. Those gatherings was like a regular thing. It wasn't special occasions. It wasn't special holidays or anything like that. And I got used to it for a little bit. But then whenever my family started breaking, everything started collapsing. And I guess I just, because I don't, I don't understand that family con, that, that family bond, you know? I mean, in a sense I do, but shit, man. The majority of my immediate family is so fucking broken and shattered, it's unfucking real. It's amazing that my mental state is even in functioning. I give credit to sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I live my life like it's the last just about every day. By the way, the focus of today's, uh, I guess, talk, rant, not a conversation. Well, it's kind of a one-sided conversation, I guess. The focus of today's background noise, memories. Yeah. Little did I know how important that Soul Asylum song was going to be to me, and it just kind of, kind of hit me. I was lucky. I, I had friends. I had a little bit of support. Plus, you know, the friends I had, we we were already the scumbags of the fucking neighborhood, so it didn't really matter. It didn't really change much of anything. We were already looked down upon. We were the ones that were always getting yelled at. We fucked off in school. We skipped school. We got in trouble. We were smoking cigarettes. We were smoking pot. We were on our fucking skateboards. We had long hair. We were listening to angry music and nobody just fucking understood us. And all of our clothes had fucking holes in them because we were poor and didn't give a shit. So, yeah... If one of us was homeless, it was only a matter of time before it happened. But again, I got lucky. I swallowed my fucking pride. I called my family and I asked for help and I went back. No, I didn't stop the bouncing around that I had. I mean, shit, man, I got bounced around more than a fucking ping pong table at a fucking porno party, I guess, if you want to call it, or a college frat party at... 
It was pretty much everything right after the divorce. Now, we had a habit of moving around a lot. Luckily enough, I stayed in one town for seven years. Seven years of my life. And, and, you know, I still call that my hometown. But at the same time, dude, I moved around so fucking much. God, it's unfucking real We remove on the average about every two years. I didn't become stabilized and start stopping until I made it over to Ennis, Texas. But... And the thing is, the majority of it's all been in Texas. The only time I've ever lived outside of Texas was whenever I was in Georgia for the military. A small stint in Louisiana with some family. Staying out there to help them. And then finally when I made it down here to... Well, I was in Oklahoma for a couple of months. But that was just for training. And then I made it down here to Florida. I moved a lot. I've got it down to a science. You know, I remember one time whenever I was married, I was the head of a family of five. Me, my wife, and her three kids. I miss those kids. We'll get into that another day. But yeah, I had... She was in charge of packing the house. She was very organized. She was very clear on how to pack the house. She was OCD about some of that stuff. And so, you know what? I let her have it. Absolutely. I follow directions. You tell me where to go, what to do, and how to do it. But when it came to unpacking that house and putting the house together, let me tell you, that interior decorating class came in fucking handy. Yes, I took an interior decorating class. Now, mind you, this is whenever... And, you know, this was funny as fuck to me. It made no fucking sense. Little podunk shit place fucking town called Eustace, Texas. Okay. Eustace. Very close to useless. Which I figure if you put Eustace and Ulysses together, you will get useless. Two very real horrible fucking towns in Texas. But Eustace, Texas, a little podunk fucking country town. Only way I can transfer my art credit that I had from the school that I was transferring from was to go into a fucking interior decorating class. Are you shitting me? So I took the class. I learned a few things. I don't remember fucking hardly any of it. I do remember one of our projects that we had to do, though. We had to redecorate the principal's office for the elementary school which even required not only for us to lay out the planning we had to lay out the planning we had to get everything right have the lighting right and colors uh and all of this shit right moving the uh the furniture around and blah 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 it was all feng shui let me tell you 
But then we had to do the work. And we had to paint this office. That was a fun day. Because let me tell you, our teacher was hot. And she looked good in them tight-ass jeans whenever we were painting this place. And we're a bunch of horny little 15-year-olds, man. And then we fucked up and forgot to open the windows and we didn't wear masks when we were painting this office. Now we're a bunch of high, horny little 15-year-olds. Jesus Christ, we were a ticking fucking time bomb. It was amazing we made it out of there alive. It was interesting whenever we went to McDonald's for lunch. Dude, we had the munchies like a motherfucker, man. I never spent so much money at fucking school on lunch. Now, what's funny is... The first time I ever got high, I was 11 years old. Mind you, I didn't know what it was, and I didn't smoke it. I ate it. I was with my sister, and again, she's six years older than me, so she was 17 at the time. I figured my... Not really sure why I was with her, but she wanted to go somewhere. My mother said it was necessary for me to be with her or I asked to go with her or something. I, I don't remember all of the beginnings of this story. Again, I got high this day when I was 11, so not everything is 100% there. <clears throat> so I go with my sister... And we go to this friend's house. Now, I think we were probably supposed to go to somewhere else is what my mother said, but my sister convinced me to keep my mouth shut. We were going to go to this place first and then the other place later or something. But my sister left me at this house to go somewhere else really fast and then come back to get me. Well, this house apparently had pothead friends, and these pothead friends decided to make marijuana brownies and left them on the counter. And I asked if I could have a brownie. He said, sure, and I ate three. Needless to say, I was higher than a fucking giraffe's pussy, and... My sister freaked out and put me in the car and I slapped, I curled up in a ball in the floorboard of the back seat of the car, like, you know, on the side with my head, like laying on the hump. I have no fucking clue why. And the only thing that I really remember out of it is I remember my mom was playing RC Pro-Am on the Nintendo when I came home. And the car blew up and I fell out of my chair laughing. 
My mom immediately knew I was high and what the fuck was going on. So she questioned my sister. She got the story out of it. And my sister wasn't trusted again very much after that. Which she shouldn't have been trusted in the first fucking place. But that's beside the point. Yeah. No, I didn't really start smoking until I was about 15. That was kind of a disaster. Yeah. And the first time I smoked it, I smoked it out of a Dr. Pepper can that my friend had converted into a pipe. The first hit I took barely hit the back of my fucking throat and I immediately cough into the can and the marijuana shot straight up in the air. <laughs> my friend got pissed, but because he knew it was my very first time smoking, he was patient with me because he was already high. Thank God for that. So he loaded another bowl and... I was able to smoke at that time. I got sicker than a fucking dog and I threw up in the fucking toilet at the fucking gas station that we were at. Yeah. And then for some fucking reason, I ended up going back to it whenever I was about 18. Now that people get it for medical reasons, I got glaucoma. It's form arthritis. Hmm. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting the medical one. I could probably get away with getting some medical stuff. I mean, I did have back surgery. So, and I have chronic back pain. I do stretches every day for that. Do the stretches in my shower. I'm telling you, I really enjoy my shower. It's worth the pay around here, almost. I say almost. I remember... remember a lot of things but my memories are my memories are always kind of fuzzy they, they 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 come in in spurts and i can't i struggle keeping them sequential the further i get in my age the more i get my past confused i think i have to remember and and but i will admit because I moved as often as I did, if I could recall where I was living during the time frame of the event, I can narrow down my age a lot easier. Kind of funny how that works, huh? <clears throat> 
So what are your fondest memories? Do you have memories that still haunt you today? Do you have memories that just pop up out of nowhere? Or is it just that one song? Every time you hear that song, it always brings back that one thing. And by the way, if you email me, if any of you do email me at lowdowndirtyshane20 at gmail.com, then uh, you can request to remain anonymous. I, I won't read any names if you don't, you know. I think most likely what I would probably do is I wouldn't even read any names anyways. I'm pretty sure not everything I say on here is very popular. Some of the things that I say on here many people may agree with, but only secretly, and they don't want other people to know. So I'll keep it anonymous. Unless you want me to say your name. I'll give you a shout out. But you gotta send me the email first. I'm kinda curious what you think of the show. Do you listen? Or do you just turn it on for background noise? Do you go to sleep? Is it easy to go to sleep listening to my voice? I don't know. I had one person, she used to tell me that she used to enjoy falling asleep to my voice. Now, mind you, growing up, I used to think my voice would never get deep. I always thought I had a high-pitched voice. And... For some fucking reason, and I don't understand why. It's a, I do it unconsciously. It's a reaction. If I'm speaking to a woman, I speak softer. If I'm speaking to a man, I speak firmer. And if I'm speaking to a child or a younger person or a younger adult, depending on how I'm speaking to them, if I'm speaking to them casually, I will speak soft. But if I'm giving directions, I will speak firm. And I don't think about it. I just do it. But I used to think that I always had a high-pitched voice. I did have a high-pitched voice when I was a kid. It, dude, it would get to a squeak at sometimes. I swear to fucking God. Mom used to give me hell. Even gave me a hard time one time whenever my voice was cracking. She told me it was about time my balls started to drop. <clears throat> yeah. She enjoyed fucking with me. She's the reason why I have the sense of humor that I do. She's the reason why I think a lot of the way that I do. She actually gave me the reason and the drive to have independent thought, to question everything. 
My mom was always in love with the medical field. See, what was funny is she was an artist too. And I didn't know this growing up until after later. I was about maybe 12 or so by the time I learned she was an artist. And I've been drawing since I was four years old. Mom always encouraged it. And then whenever my cousin introduced me to comic books, mom enjoyed buying comic books for me because the thing is she she wasn't so much concerned about the content of, of the comic books because she understood and she felt I was responsible enough. Plus, the comic books had the CC code on it. It was kind of like their own little censorship that they did. And... Um, but mom encouraged comics because she read some of the comics and she saw that there were larger words in there. And I was actually reading the comics. I wasn't just drawing the pictures from the comics. You see, I was using the comics as references and I would draw freehand and I would try to mimic everything that I saw as best as I possibly could to better my skills. But I was reading the comics, and that was one thing my mom enjoyed was the fact that I was actually reading. I didn't sit and read books. I had trouble with books. I've always had trouble with books. I still have trouble with books. That's why I listen to my books. I would love to be a voice actor. That would be fucking fun. I wouldn't mind reading books. I would be an audiobook reader. What book would you like me to read? And please don't tell me Fifty Shades of Grey. That is a horrible, horrible, oh my God. Some of y'all, I mean, I hope, do, do y'all know and do y'all realize that that book actually came from like dirty Twilight fan fiction, right? Like the person that wrote that book used to write a bunch of Twilight fan fiction. Look at the characters in the Fifty Shades of Grey and look at the characters of Twilight. And the only reason why I know this is because I have an ex-wife who was obsessed with fucking Twilight fan fiction and Fifty Shades of Grey. Hmm. I'm more of a black dagger. Black Dagger Brotherhood series myself. Oh, it's an erotic series. Very graphic. Very animalistic. And the vampires in those books, those aren't... These vampires don't sparkle. These vampires are, are a race of people. You don't get bit and turn into a vampire. They are a race of people and they're powerful and they have, they have a breed within the race that is chosen to be the protectors of the race and therefore they are larger and stronger and more powerful and heal faster. No, of course, all the vampires are wealthy because they've been living for hundreds of years and have collected so much amounts of fucking money. It's unreal. And they live in the dark little underworlds of these towns. And they work at night and so forth like that.
No, crosses don't really fucking hurt them. Uh, salt and silver will harm them. Uh, sun will kill them. But garlic don't mean shit. And they only feed off of other vampires of the opposite sex. Really good series by J.R. Ward. The Black Dagger Brotherhood series by J.R. Ward. I could read a book. It's funny how we remember things. I know the movies sometimes bring up a lot of memories of my mom for me. You see, me and my mom, we had a lot of things in common. It was the sense of humor. It was our thought process. It was questioning things. It was our passion for knowledge and our thirst for knowledge in a sense. And and I enjoy learning, but not necessarily in the traditional sense of sit down, shut up, read this book and learn everything that it fucking says. You know, I, I enjoy visual aid and and getting involved like me and mom would sit down and watch reconstructive knee surgery for fucking dinner theater for crying out loud. <clears throat> that was cool as fuck to me. But yeah. It was crazy. She passed way back in 03 of pancreatic cancer and it was it was weird because they gave her max six months she, she was lucky she made four and those four months seemed like they last forever even every time I try to remember them they feel like they'll last forever sometimes I think I just suppress a lot of those memories and I don't think about them might be part of the reason why I'm a whole out of sight, out of mind kind of person. That uh, they have some kind of fucking cognitive fucking word to properly use for that. I've heard it before on TikTok or whatever. It, it escapes me at the moment. Forgive me. But, uh, yeah, that movie, The Judge. Man, for those of you that have not seen this movie, minor spoiler warning, but Robert Duvall is dying of cancer in the movie and Robert Downey Jr. plays his son that comes back to help. And there's a scene in that movie. Now, mind you, it's a sad scene. And it's and it's really kind of depressing whenever you see it. Robert Duvall is he's trying to go to the bathroom and he's trying and he's trying to move, but he can't because he's having trouble moving. He he can't really get around that fast that well. <clears throat> and Robert Downey Jr. comes in to help him out and to help 
hold him up while he's got his pants down and Robert Duvall can't, he's gotten to the point he can't even control his bowels anymore and he messes himself and, and then he breaks down and he starts crying because he, he feels like he's not a man anymore. He can't even control the things of his own body anymore. How can he control anything in his life? He is just falling apart and becoming decrepit. Therefore, he has no use. He has nothing to offer in this world. So he is thus ended as a man. Now, I I wanted to see this movie. I kind of heard a little bit of what it was about. And I was working at a movie theater at the time whenever I watched this. And I screened this movie. And I'm kind of glad I was by myself in the theater whenever I watched this. Because at this scene... I broke. Oh my God, I broke. I bawled like a baby. I was just like, it was, dude, it was a loud, ugly cry. It was horrid. I missed my mom. And something very similar to that moment in that movie just came flashing full in front of my eyes with me and my mom and it broke now my mom said that whenever she passed away she didn't want us sitting around telling sad stories and and crying over her she said she wanted us to get a fucking keg throw a party laugh I remember the good times that we had with her and the funny things. Because my mom had a sense of humor. Now, we were living in a little small country town in this Texas at the time frame. And whenever my friends would come over to visit, my mom didn't even lock the front door during the day. She didn't give a shit. If you're going to be brave enough to come in this fucking house with my door open between me and my boys, and if you make it out of this house alive, then God has mercy on your soul because we fucking didn't. But my friends were not allowed to knock on the door. Because if they knocked on the door, that means they stopped my mom from whatever the fuck she was doing. And required her to get up and show attention to that area that was unnecessary because that person was my friend. Therefore, my person was classified as family and family does not knock on our fucking door. They walk in. And my mom would yell at them. Why did you make me get up? You realize Judge Judy is on right fucking now and she was getting to the part and we don't have a DVR. She cracked me up. I remember <clears throat> there was one time I was watching on 2020. Now, my mom, like the true, you see, my mom was a transplanted Texan. Technically, she was born in Ohio, but she moved to Texas whenever she was two. And my mom will tell you through and through that she is a Texan. Doesn't matter. She might be a transplanted Texan, but she's a fucking Texan through and through. Mm. 
this is where she grew up and this is where her heart stays. And, uh, she loved her Dr. Pepper. That was her drink. Now, I, I myself was a Coke person. I drank Coke for years, and the only time I ever stopped drinking Coke is whenever they came out with new Coke, because that shit's just fucking garbage. And I stopped drinking, and, and then they went to Coca-Cola Classic, and then they got me back, and I kept drinking it. But also, like Texas, whenever you order a drink, everything is a Coke. And my mom's Coke was Dr. Pepper. <clears throat> but then my mom became diabetic and went on a diet and started drinking diet Dr. Peppers. She had a mini fridge in the kitchen specifically there for her DDPs. Those were hers. She would grab one in the morning on the way into work and she would drink one whenever she got home because she had a couple that she kept in her lunchbox when she drank at work. <clears throat> now, I watched on 2021 time that the NutraSweet that they put in these drinks have been known to cause cancer. And so I told my mom, this shit's going to kill you. It's going to fucking kill you. It's going to give you cancer. What the fuck are you doing? Why are you drinking this shit? It's going to fucking kill you. She's like, shut up. Let me enjoy my stuff. Well, I was with her the day at the hospital, whenever we had the diagnosis. I remember we valeted the car that day. She didn't feel like walking. She had just recovered from a surgery. And uh, Doc sat us down, said it was, it was active. Pancreatitis or pancreatic tumor was officially two inches in length. I think it takes up like a third of the pancreas because the pancreas is like fucking six inches or something. I don't know. I'm a guy. I don't know what the fuck six inches is. Six inches is the length of a pinky, right? Well, <clears throat> Doc told us. I said, okay. We got back down to the car. And, um,. As soon as I got in the car, I just looked over at her and I said, no, I told you so, right? She's like, shut up and drive the fucking car. Okay. We had fun, though. You know, when I was little, mom would go grocery shopping a lot. <clears throat> Uh, and she would always offer who wants to go grocery shopping with me, right? Cause dad was either at work or he was at a bar or he was with a woman or something. I don't know. There ain't no telling back then. I don't remember a whole lot back then. When he was home and he was sober, he was awesome. He was the most amazing dad you could ever fucking see. 
<clears throat> he knew more about baseball. He used to be a pitcher. Taught me how to throw. Taught me how to catch. Taught me how to fight. He was hard. He was tough because he was backwards, and that's just what he knew. That's how he was raised, and that's how he raised me. But when he was drunk, let's just say I've had my fair share of licks. Mom. Mom was a saint. She had her hard times. Especially whenever I became a teenager, we didn't see eye to eye on things. And thanks to my stepdad, but it's, it's another story for another day. Maybe we'll do a story on blended families or something like that. But yeah. So whenever mom offered for us to go grocery shopping, nobody wanted to go. I'd go. I'd give a shit. I ain't doing nothing. I enjoyed hanging out with mom. Dad used to give me shit, call me mama's boy, but the thing is, mom was funny. Mom was informative. I learned things with mom. You see, whenever me and mom would talk and she would use words that I had no fucking clue what she was talking about and she would tell me that I was being, that she was being facetious. What the fuck is that word, mom? Well, what does it mean? How does it sound whenever I use it in that sentence? Right? What was the sentence I just said prior? And then I told you I was being facetious. Think about it. I was too lazy to grab a fucking dictionary. And I couldn't really spell it out. So she made me learn words by learning how she used them. And because it was just me and her, we'd always stop off at Sonic and get a foot-long chili cheese coney right before we go grocery shopping. And then whenever she would pick up strawberries, she would always pick up an extra pint of strawberries because I would eat one of those bastards on the way home. Wasn't so much that I was a mama's boy. Is the fact that I was just taking advantage of open opportunities. Like the old saying goes, never look a gift horse in the mouth. If you don't take advantage of an opportunity that's placed before you, you're probably missing out. So what do you think of the show, kitties? Are you enjoying it? Do you listen to the whole thing? Well, I hope you like it. I'm going to keep doing it for a while. Let's see where this goes. If you have any suggestions of things you'd like me to talk about, I'll be glad to listen. You can always email me, lowdowndirtyshane20.com. No, I'm sorry, lowdowndirtyshane20 at gmail.com. Sorry. It's been a long night. And if you know me personally, you can always shoot me a text. You'll forgive me if I don't give my number out to everybody else. 
Until next time, kitties.